Welcome to all, my fine-feathered football fanatics. Oliver Beekman here, ready to kick off another episode of The Monday Post. your seats and fluff those cushions, my fine feathered friends, because you're tuned into The Monday Post with me, your host, Oliver Beekman. Straight from the perch, I'm here to swoop you through the twists and dives of the football universe. And what a week it's been. We've seen tackles that could ruffle the neatest of feathers and goals so smooth they could silence the squawkiest of beaks. So, brace your tail feathers, as we're about to kick off with the latest and the greatest from the pitch to the press room, all delivered with a pinch of Beakman banter. Starting off with a story that grips the heartstrings, we're reminded that the game we love unfolds in a world that doesn't always play fair. In a turn of events that brings a sobering reality to the pitch, Liverpool's Luis Diaz confronts an unimaginable challenge off-field. With his father abducted in Colombia, the football community stands united in the hope for his safe return. The fervent efforts of police and military remind us that some victories mean more than points on a board, and today we're all fans of one team, humanity. While football unites us in times of trial, it also brings its share of storms. A storm brewed off the pitch as Thomas Tuchel faced off with Bayern Munich's legends, sparking a fiery debate that reminds us the beautiful game's passion doesn't end at the final whistle. It's a dance of pride and legacy that sometimes leads to a tango more intense than matchday rivalries. And speaking of intensity, the Premier League's officiating has been under the microscope this week. Arsenal has taken aim at refereeing standards, seeking not just goals, but justice on the field. The call for a review is loud and clear, echoing the sentiments of fans and pundits alike. In a league celebrated for its excellence, the quest for fairness remains paramount. From fairness on the field to fairness in representation, one player sets the record straight. Marcus Rashford cuts through the rumours with the precision of his finishing, tackling the whispers and speculation with a clear message of dedication. In an era of constant media buzz, Rashford's commitment to the Red Devils and his recovery is a firm stand against the noise. Shifting from the rumour mill to record-making moves, Harry Kane's leap to Bayern Munich has been nothing short of a masterstroke. His golden touch has translated seamlessly to the Bundesliga, leaving fans in awe and defenders in dismay. Kane's prowess is a testament to football's universal language, excellence. But excellence extends beyond the field into the crucial realm of player welfare. The spotlight turns to the serious issue of player safety as Headway brings to light concerns over concussion protocols. 
With Maguire's recent incident, the call for a review of safety measures is a reminder that the well-being of players is the foundation upon which the game is built. Now, from the collective call for safety to individual tales of resurgence. Ross Barclay's resurgence at Luton Town is a tale of revival and determination. His instrumental role in challenging the giants of the league is a reminder that every player holds the potential for greatness, no matter the stage. And that wraps up our headlines for today. True to the spirit of football, we've seen the full spectrum of emotions this week. Stay tuned as we continue to bring you the stories that make this game the heart of sports across the globe. Ready to ruffle some feathers? It's time for the Premier League. Let's cast our eyes over the league table from match day 10, where the battle for supremacy saw some fascinating shifts. Tottenham Hotspur sat at the pinnacle, their unbeaten run intact, boasting 26 points with a goal difference that shone as brightly as their performances. Arsenal, with their cannons firing on all cylinders, were hot on their heels, level on points, but just a whisker behind on goal difference. Manchester City, with their symphony of attacking football, also joined the fray at the top with 24 points, their goal difference echoing the sound of their might. Liverpool, not far behind, were breathing down the necks of the leaders, a single point adrift, ready to pounce. Aston Villa and Newcastle United were the dark horses. Galloping closely with 22 and 17 points respectively, while the rest of the pack jostled for position in the mid-table melee. At the foot of the table, Sheffield United, with a solitary point, were looking for a spark to ignite their season. That was the lay of the land as we entered match day 11. Now, let's fast forward to the present and see how the landscape has changed in just a week of footballing frenzy. Stay tuned as we reveal the current standings and the shifts that have set the stage for another round of Premier League drama. All right, football aficionados, let's delve into the heart of this week's action with our key matches. In the blue corner, we had the mighty magpies of Newcastle, and in the red, the gunners from Arsenal in a clash that promised fireworks. And oh boy, did it deliver. St. James Park was buzzing, the fans were singing, and the stage was set for a showdown that had more drama than my auntie's soap operas. Now, before we get into the nitty-gritty, let's set the scene. Arsenal walked onto the pitch, unbeaten, chests puffed out, only to find Newcastle had laid out a welcome mat filled with booby traps. With key players out on both sides, it was anyone's game, and with Newcastle's Tonali watching from the sidelines, thanks to a ten-month ban for a little flutter, the magpies were ready to prove they could soar without him. The whistle blew, and they were off. The first half was a scrappy affair with more yellow cards than a florist's shop. Havertz, Longstaff and Gordon all got a taste of the referee's book and the crowd was as heated as a barbecue in July. But let's fast forward to the 64th minute where the real controversy kicked off. Anthony Gordon found the net but the goal had more checks than my granddad's wardrobe. 
four minutes of VAR later, and the goal stood, leaving Arsenal's manager Arteta redder than a lobster, calling it an absolute disgrace. But hey, the scoreboard read, Newcastle 1, Arsenal 0, and that's what counts. Post-match, the stadium was a cauldron of emotions, Arteta was fuming, Howe was beaming, and the fans. Well, they were on a roller coaster that only football can provide. Newcastle's win was a statement louder than my neighbour's party music, and it sent a clear message. The Magpies are here to play. As we wrap up this tale of the underdog's triumph, let's not forget the significance of this match. It wasn't just about the three points. It was a cultural moment, a community united, and a reminder of why we love this game. As the echoes of the final whistle fade away at St. James's Park, Newcastle's victory sends ripples across the league, leaving Arsenal to lick their wounds and regroup. It's a beautiful game, but a cruel one, where today's triumph is tomorrow's challenge. And speaking of challenges, our next tale takes us to the Etihad, where the stakes are high and the goals are plenty. Now, from the underdog's upset to a display of sheer dominance, we pivot to Manchester City's home ground. The Etihad was not just a stadium on this day, it was a fortress, a stage for a goal-scoring masterclass that would leave the fans in awe and the statisticians busy. Buckle up, listeners, as we recount the tale of a six-goal spectacle that redefined the term home advantage. Now, picture this. The stage is set, the fans are buzzing and there's that electric air of anticipation. The citizens, with their eyes on the prize, and the cherries, hoping to cause an upset. The pre-match banter was all about young Jeremy Doku, the lads got more twists and turns than a mystery novel, and the crowd was just waiting to see him unravel Bournemouth's defence. The whistle blows, and we're off. City with their usual swagger and Bournemouth blessem trying to keep up. It wasn't long before the goals started raining in. And let me tell you it was more one-sided than a pigeon race in a hurricane. Doku was running rampant, and even with Erling Haaland hobbling off with a twisty ankle, the goals just kept coming. Six, my friends, six glorious goals to one solitary reply from Bournemouth. But it wasn't all cheers and chants. There was a bit of drama, too. A tackle here, an injury there, and the Etihad was riding a roller coaster of emotions. And when the dust settled, Pep Guardiola, the mastermind, was all praises for Doku, while Bournemouth's coach, Andoni Araola, was left counting the cost of the battle. As the final whistler echoed, the aftermath was a mix of jubilation and concern. City's winning streak at home was a fortress still unbreached, but the sight of Haaland limping was a worry for the days to come. The fans, though, they left with voices hoarse and hearts full, having witnessed a spectacle, a goal bonanza, and the beautiful game played the city way. As the city faithful depart, their cheers still resonating in the Manchester air, we're reminded that football is not just about the points. It's about moments that take our breath away. And while City's symphony of goals today was a testament to their might, the Premier League script 
is never written in stone. From the dizzying heights of victory, we now turn our gaze to a battle of wills, where heart meets history. And so we arrive at Kenilworth Road, where Luton Town, the valiant underdogs, prepared to etch their names in the annals of Premier League folklore. Against the backdrop of a setting sun, they faced a Liverpool side hungry for success. It's the kind of match that turns players into legends and fans into believers. Let's take flight into a story of grit, determination and the relentless pursuit of glory. The air was thick with anticipation as fans from both sides filled the stadium, their chants creating a symphony of football fervour. Liverpool, with their eyes set on closing the gap with Manchester City, were the favourites. But Luton Town, oh, they had other plans. They weren't just there to make up the numbers, they were there to give the Reds a run for their money. As the whistle blew, the game kicked off with Liverpool dominating possession, their fans expecting a goal fest. But Luton, they held firm, repelling attack after attack with a resilience that would make a fortress jealous. The first half came and went without the net bulging, leaving fans munching on their nails in anticipation. The second half brought more of the same, with Liverpool peppering Luton's goal with shots. But it was Luton who struck gold first, with Tahith Chong sliding the ball past Allison in the 80th minute, sending the home fans into delirium. Liverpool, stunned but not defeated, threw everything they had in search of an equaliser. And in the dying embers of the game, Luis Diaz rose like a phoenix to head home, unveiling a shirt that read, Freedom for Dad. A moment that was as emotional as it was crucial. The final whistly blew, and it was one all, a draw that felt like a win for Luton and a loss for Liverpool. Jürgen Klopp's hug for Diaz said it all, relief, pride, and a touch of disappointment. The fans, a cocktail of emotions, from the euphoria of the Luton supporters to the what-could-have-been sighs from the Liverpool end. And with that, the curtain falls on this thrilling encounter. But don't you go anywhere, my feathered friends, because we're about to dive into the rest of this week's Premier League action. So fluff up your tail feathers and stay perched. First up, we had a proper London scuffle as Brentford and West Ham United locked talons in a match that was more than just a game. It was a battle for the city's pride. The bees buzzed their way to a thrilling 3-2 victory, with Nathan Collins soaring higher than a hawk to nod in a winner that'll be part of Brentford lore for seasons to come. The hammers swung their hammers hard, but alas, it wasn't enough to nail down the points. And the Brentford fans, oh, they were buzzing louder than a beehive at a honey festival. Moving on, we had Nottingham Forest standing tall like the ancient trees they're named after as they planted a firm two-to-nil win over Aston Villa. Early on, Aina found the back of the net, and Mangala later doubled the delight, leaving the Villa fans as silent as a forest at midnight. It was a tactical masterclass from Steve Cooper. Hats off to him. Aston Villa, on the other wing, missed a flight to the top three and will need to regroup before their next outing. 
Then we flutter over to Bramall Lane, where Sheffield United carved out a dramatic two-to-one win against Wolverhampton Wanderers. It was a game that had more twists and turns than a pigeon in a wind tunnel. The Blades sharpened their tactics in the second half, and it paid off when Oliver Norwood coolly converted a penalty that was as last-minute as a worm deciding to dodge a hungry bird. The win was a much-needed worm for the Blades' nest, while the Wolves will be howling to bounce back next time. Now, let's dive into the heart of the action with our Premier League Roundup, where the drama unfolded faster than a pigeon swooping on the last chip in the park. Starting off with a clash at Goodison Park, where Everton and Brighton Amp, Hove Albion, shared the spoils in a nail-biting one-to-one draw. It was a game of two halves, quite literally, with Everton's Vitaly Mikolenko breaking the deadlock. But as fate would have it, an own goal by Ashley Young had the Evertonians feeling like they'd found a statue just after a fresh clean. A point a PC left both teams ruffling their feathers, pondering the what-ifs. Now let's flutter over to Craven Cottage, where Fulham and Manchester United battled it out in a match tighter than a sparrow's waistcoat. It was a game that had more tension than a worm on a bird table, but it was Bruno Fernandes who pecked away at Fulham's defence, snatching a last gasp winner for United. The Red Devils soared while the cottagers were left to nurse their wings after a tough loss. Meanwhile, over at Turf Moor, Burnley's flame was doused by a Crystal Palace side that soared higher than an eagle on a thermal. Odson Edward and Tyrick Mitchell were the names on the score sheet, giving Palace a two-to-nil win that had their fans chirping all the way home. Burnley, on the other hand, were left to ponder their pecking order in the league. So, as the dust settles on another week of Premier League action, we've seen goals, groans, and everything in between. It's been a roller coaster ride, and for some, the carriage has come to a rather abrupt stop. But fear not, the beautiful game, much like our feathery flock, always gives us another chance to spread our wings and fly high once again. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for the updated Premier League table after match day 11's clashes and crashes, twists and turns. Let's dive into the numbers and narratives that shape the heart of English football. At the summit, Manchester City have surged ahead, their victory a testament to their relentless pursuit of excellence, now sitting pretty, with 27 points. Tottenham Hotspur, with a game in hand, are breathing down City's neck. Just a point behind, but with the potential to leapfrog into first. Liverpool and Arsenal find themselves locked in a tango for third, both on 24 points. But it's the goal difference that sees Liverpool edge ahead, as fine margins define the fortunes of these footballing giants Aston Villa's defeat has seen them slip slightly, yet they cling to fifth, while Newcastle United's victory propels them into the top six. Brighton and Hove Albion and Manchester United are tied on points, but it's the goal difference that paints the picture of their contrasting campaigns. Further down, we see Chelsea lingering in an unfamiliar territory at 13th. 
their blues compounded by a game in hand that's yet to translate into points. And at the base, Sheffield United have found a lifeline, their win offering a glimmer of hope in a season shadowed by struggles. As we wrap up today's Premier League insights, remember, it's the aim, not just the standings, that counts. Now, don't let your guard down just yet. We're moving from standings to stumping with our shootout showdown. It's time to test your football flair and see if your knowledge scores as high as your team spirit. Ready? Let's kick off. Question 1. Who is the current manager who has taken the helm at both Chelsea and Tottenham Hotspur? Stepping it up a notch. Question 2. Which Norwegian player is making waves with his goal-scoring prowess in the Premier League this season? And for the grand finale, question three. Can you name the top Belgian scorer in Premier League history? Here come the answers. The managerial maestro of both Chelsea and Tottenham is Antonio Conte. The Norwegian goal machine is none other than Erling Haaland. And the Belgian with a record-smashing goal tally? It's Romelu Lukaku. Whether you scored a goal or missed the target, keep your football knowledge on its toes for the next round of Shootout Showdown. Keep playing, keep guessing, and most importantly, keep enjoying the beautiful game. All right, my fine-feathered friends, it's time to cast our eyes back over the past week's pecking order in La Liga. Before we dive into the drama of the present, let's take a quick flyby through the standings as they were. Just a week ago, the table was a flutter of activity with Real Madrid perched proudly at the top, their talons clutching 28 points. But oh, how the mighty are challenged. Girona, the surprise package of the season, was hot on their heels, their exact position a mystery wrapped in an enigma due to some missing stats. But believe me, they were flying high. Atletico de Madrid, with their feathers slightly ruffled, were nesting in third, while Barcelona, with games in hand, were lurking with intent in fourth. Real Sociedad, Athletic Club and Real Betis were all jostling in the middle while the bottom of the table saw Almeria looking more like fledglings than soaring eagles without a single win to puff out their chests. The winds of change were blowing and as we know in football, a week can be as unpredictable as a pigeon on a windy day. So with the scene set and the past etched in our memories, let's swoop into the present and see how the landscape has shifted. Let's delve into the heart of this week's action with our key matches. In the picturesque city of San Sebastián, where the football is as tantalizing as the tapas, we witnessed a clash of titans that had more tension than my aunt's knitting. Real Sociedad, with their fortress unbreached at home this season, faced the Catalan giants Barcelona in a match that promised more drama than a soap opera marathon. The air was thick with anticipation, fans buzzing like a fridge that seen better days, and the pre-match atmosphere was electric. Aubameyang, 
Barcelona's goal machine, was the name on everyone's lips and the whispers from the training grounds hinted at a tactical chess match. Coaches exchanged sly comments like secret agents passing coded messages, but their eyes told a story of a battle they were itching to win. From the get-go, Barcelona, with their swagger, struck first blood. Aubameyang, the man of the hour, nodded in from a yard out, making it look easier than a Sunday morning crossword. But let me tell you, folks, Real Sociedad weren't just there to make up the numbers. They came back with the ferocity of a scorned lover, dominating the second half with a performance that deserved more than just a pat on the back. The drama wasn't just on the pitch, it spilled over like my coffee on a Monday morning. A penalty shout louder than my neighbour's party was waved off after a VAR check, and the crowd, oh the crowd, they were as involved as a nosy relative, throwing objects onto the pitch in a fit of passion. When the final whistle blew, it was Barcelona who walked away with the spoils, a narrow one-nil victory that was as precious as a golden ticket. The post-match scenes were a mix of jubilation and heartache, with coaches and players reflecting on a night of missed chances and heroic defences. As Barcelona savours the sweet taste of victory, we bid adieu to the drama in San Sebastián. But don't let your spirits dip just yet. From the high-flying action of Catalonia, we set our wings to the Canary Islands, where the breeze carries the undercurrents of an upset that's as surprising as finding a worm in your apple. In the sun-kissed stadium of Estadio Gran Canaria, the stage was set not for a battle, but for a football fiesta where Las Palmas, the pride of the archipelago, dared to dream against the titans from Madrid. So, my fellow football enthusiasts, let's keep our eyes on the ball as we swoop into the Actium, where David doesn't just meet Goliath, he invites him to dance on the pitch. The whistle blew, and we were off. The game started like a tense game of peck-a-mole, with both teams cautiously poking at each other, looking for an opening. It was a chess match, but with more kicking and less pondering. The first half passed with the scoreboard untroubled, but the second half? Oh, that's where the plot hatched. Fifty-one minutes in, and Rodriguez decides it's time to ruffle some feathers. With a strike that could have cracked a walnut, he sends the ball flying past the Atletico keeper, one nil to Las Palmas. The crowd went wild, feathers flying everywhere. Then, in the 75th minute, Benito Ramirez, seizing on a rare Atletico blunder, doubled the lead. 2-0, and the underbirds were soaring. But Atletico, with their never-say-die spirit, clawed one back through Alvaro Morata in the 83rd minute, making it 2-1. The final minutes were nail-biting, or beak-biting, should I say. But Las Palmas held on and at the final whistle it was a victory dance for the Yellows and a wing-drooping walk back to the locker room for Atletico. Post-match, the stadium was a cauldron of emotions. The Las Palmas fans were singing louder than a dawn chorus, while Atletico's flock looked a bit ruffled. The coaches had their say, with Las Palmas's bench chirping with joy, and Atletico's with a touch of humble pie. It was a game that had it all. Goals, drama, and a reminder that in football, 
anything can happen. And as the dust settles in Gran Canaria, with Las Palmas's fans still chirping in jubilation, we spread our wings and take flight to the heart of Spain. The capital's grand coliseum, the Santiago Bernabeu, beckons us next, where the royal whites of Real Madrid faced a storm in the form of Rayo Vallecano. Prepare yourselves for a tale not of conquest, but of a deadlock as stubborn as a mule, where every attack met an immovable defence. It's a story that reminds us that sometimes the most ferocious battles end not with a bang, but with the quiet respect of equals. So stay perched, dear listeners, as we recount the tale of a match that was less about the goals scored and more about the metal shown. The Santiago Bernabeu, a fortress of football dreams, was brimming with an electric atmosphere, the kind that makes your feathers stand on end. Real Madrid, with their eyes on the prize, came out swinging, peppering Rayo's goal with shots that, sadly, seemed more attracted to the stands or the steadfast hands of Rayo's guardian, the formidable Stol Dmitrievsky. Our feathered friends in white danced and darted across the pitch, with Vinicius Jr. almost breaking the deadlock. But alas, the offside flag was raised, and the crowd's cheers turned to sighs. It was a game of cat and mouse, with Rayo's defence proving to be an uncrackable code. As the final whistle blew, the scoreboard read a stark nil-nil. Carlo Ancelotti, the maestro of Madrid, remained unflustered, praising his team's gusto. Meanwhile, Rayo's Raúl de Tomás was beaming with pride, his team having stood toe-to-toe with the giants. The fans? A cocktail of emotions, from the highs of a hard-earned point to the lows of a win that slipped through their fingers. And with that, we close the chapter on a match that was less a battle of goals and more a war of wills. It's a reminder that in football, as in life, it's not just about the triumphs, but also the trials. And that wraps up our key match highlights. Without missing a beat, let's plunge straight into the other nail-biting encounters from this week's La Liga action. In the heart of Pamplona, Osasuna and Girona turned the pitch into a stage for an enthralling dance of attack and defence. Girona, soaring high in the rankings, swooped into Estadio El Sadar with the grace of a falcon and the bite of a hawk, clinching a victory with a scoreline that read 2-4. It was a goal-fest, folks. The kind of match that had fans on the edge of their seats, or should I say perches. Moving on, the Estadio de la Ceramica was the backdrop for a clash of titans as Villarreal and Athletic Club locked talons in a match that was nothing short of a roller coaster. The early bird might catch the worm, but it was Athletic Club that caught the early lead with the Williams brothers and Inigo Ruiz de Galareta finding the net. Villarreal, not ones to fly south for the winter, staged a late comeback with goals from Gerard Moreno and Alexander Surloth. Alas, it wasn't enough. Athletic Club flew off with a 3-2 win, leaving Villarreal to ponder what might have been in a nest of ifs and buts. Over at the Benito Villamarin Stadium, Real Betis showed that home is where the heart is, and evidently where the goals are too. 
William Jose and Ayose Perez were the names on the score sheet, giving Betis a 2-0 win over Mallorca. The match had its share of drama with a red card shown to Mallorca's Omar Mascarell, leaving the visitors to navigate the storm with a clipped wing. Betis, with the wind beneath their wings, provided by a roaring crowd of a little more than 50,000, showed they're not just making up the numbers in this league. In the land of the mid-table dwellers, Celta Vigo and Sevilla locked talons in a clash that had fans perched on the edge of their seats. The Estadio de Balaidos was alive with an electric atmosphere, the air thick with anticipation and the scent of victory just out of reach. The first half was a tactical chess match, ending in a stalemate with neither side giving ground. But as the second half unfolded, the intensity cranked up a notch. Both teams found the back of the net sharing the spoils with a goal apiece. The managers had their say, with Sevilla's praising focus and Chelter's acknowledging the tough opposition. The draw left both teams fluttering in place, eager for the next opportunity to soar. Meanwhile, over at the Mestalla, Valencia and Granada faced off in a battle of wills. Valencia, with the wind beneath their wings from a recent form, took flight against a Granada side, desperate to escape the shadow of relegation. The home crowd was a fortress of support, their cheers a wind that carried Valencia to dominate possession and ultimately the scoreboard. A set-piece was all it took, a single goal to claim the treasure of three points. Granada's attempts to rally were valiant but in vain, as Valencia's defence stood as firm as the ancient towers guarding their city. Now let's cast our gaze upon the Estadio de Mendizorosa, where Alaves and Almeria engaged in a duel that had more tension than a tightrope in a tornado. Alaves, with their backs against the wall, faced off against Almeria, with both teams knowing the weight of the match. The drama peaked just before the break as Yanis Hagi's penalty soared high, not unlike the hopes of the home fans. But hope turned to jubilation when Alexander Sidlar found the net, a goal that could be the beacon of hope in Alave's stormy season. The home fans' anxiety turned to ecstasy, their cheers echoing into the night as Alaves took a step towards salvation. Valencia and Granada's saga at the Mistala was a tale of nerve-wracking moments. With the crowd's tension palpable as a penalty decision loomed large, Pepelou, cool as the other side of the pillow, slotted home in added time, etching his name into the Mistala's storied history. Valencia held on, their grip on the match as tight as a drum, securing a win that keeps their European dreams alive and fluttering. So, there you have it, folks, from the tactical tussles to the last gasp goals, La Liga once again proved why it's the theatre of dreams for football aficionados. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for, the grand reveal of the current La Liga standings after a weekend of clashes that had more ups and downs than a fledgling's first flight. Hold on to your hats, or should I say feathers, because there's been a bit of a shuffle in the coop. Girona, 
Yes, Girona has soared to the summit, clutching 31 points with their talons. Their ascent is the stuff of fairy tales, or should I say bird tales, with a performance that's got the whole league chirping. Real Madrid, the Royal Whites, have been nudged into second, their wings clipped ever so slightly to 29 points. Barcelona, not to be outdone, have flapped their way into third, ruffling feathers with 27 points. Atletico de Madrid, those formidable birds of prey, are now perched in fourth, while Athletic Club has made a nest in fifth. Real Betis, with a leap and a hop, have fluttered up to sixth, and Real Sociedad, despite a valiant flight, have dipped to seventh. The middle of the table is as crowded as a bird feeder in winter, with Valencia, Rayo Vallecano and Las Palmas all pecking away for a spot in the sun. And let's not forget the underbirds. Almeria, still nesting at the bottom, but now with company as Granada and Celta Vigo, flap desperately to avoid the drop. So, there you have it, my winged compatriots. The table has turned, the pieces have moved, and La Liga continues to be as unpredictable as a game of duck-duck-goose. Stay perched, because if there's one thing we know about football, it's that the only constant is change. Switching gears now, let's dive into our favourite guessing game. Who's that player? Picture this. Off the field, our mystery maverick trades football boots for ice skates, showing off his finesse on the rink. On the pitch, he's the epitome of speed and precision, a forward who sends shivers down defenders' spines with his lightning-fast sprints and lethal left foot. Recently, donning the captain's armband, he's led his team to early season glory, netting six goals in seven appearances, shining bright in the spotlight of the North London derby. Got those gears turning. Keep your guesses at the ready. We'll be right back. Welcome back. If you've been thinking of a South Korean sensation, you're spot on. It's Son Hung-min, Tottenham Hotspur's charismatic captain, who's been setting the Premier League alight. From his off-field speed skating passion to his on-field derby day heroics, Son's versatility and vigour make him a fan favourite. With such a stellar start to the season, we can only wait with bated breath to see what this Captain Fantastic will do next. And with that thrilling reveal, the final whistle blows on today's show, we've flown through the high skies and dived into the deep grass of the football world. From gasp-worthy goals to the nest-shaking news, we've covered it all. But fear not, my winged companions, the Monday Post, shall return next week, same time, same roost, with more stories to pluck at your heartstrings and matches that promise to make your feathers flutter. I'm Oliver Beekman, your beaky beacon in the beautiful game's hustle and bustle, reminding you to keep your wings wide and your eyes on the ball. Until next time, keep your beaks polished and your chants loud. Fly high and stay safe.